0: of you that are sticking around, they'll be back after a while. He's got a lesson he wants to teach them while we're getting ready for baptism. But what I want to do is uh, we're going to talk about baptism. But before we do that, I'm going to ask our candidates for baptism to come forward right now. So if you're a candidate, you're getting baptized this morning, come on up here uh, and stand right here with me uh, once again. Oh, look at you, Aubrey. You're just so brave now. Oh, I love it. All right. Tony, if you would just come on over on this side for me. All right, a few few weeks ago we had uh, several folks that came forward and said they wanted to be a part of the church, and and, and in that process, uh, um, uh, me talking with them and and working through the process, there were some of them that needed to be baptized. And so they're here today to celebrate. So we have the joy of baptizing five of them, and and one in the middle over here, Miss Aubrey, is uh, uh, one of our little ones that got saved in vacation Bible school. So praise the Lord for uh, salvation through Bible school. Others have, have just been walking with the Lord and found this is where uh, the Lord has called them to follow through. So Tony Kelly has come this morning to not only be baptized, but to be a part of our church, right? Yes. Amen. So upon his baptism, he will become a part of our fellowship. We've already welcomed him into it. And then Miss um, Elizabeth has come today also for baptism and church membership. Yes, her Family has come a few weeks ago and, and said she they wanted to join, and they have been actively being a part. Some of her children were in that little group this morning. So upon that, upon her baptism, you'll be officially a member of our church. Then little Miss Aubrey here has come this morning because she has given her heart to the Lord. and she. Did you see how quickly she ran right up here? I mean, when we first started this process, she wouldn't even look up at me. She just said, Mm-mm, no, not doing it. The Lord has given her boldness. Aubrey, you come today because Jesus lives in your heart and you want to follow him in believers' baptism? Yes. Yes. And we want to continue to teach you and help you to grow. Amen? Amen. 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 All right. All right. All right. Moving right along, I'm going to kind of go right down here so they can all see. Um, We have the Marquis family, right? Did I say it right? Okay. Um, And Jessa and Brad. And they have been coming for several weeks and through our Vacation Bible School and and through our van pickup and all that, they have been coming. And uh, they have shared with us that they have given their heart to the Lord but have not followed through in Believer's Baptism. So they've worked through our process of... uh, uh, the books that we have them work through and the studies to make sure that they know where they're going and so they come today has already been forward and and shared uh, that she wanted to be baptized and and join the church correct miss jessa all right And brad you came forward with her as well that day and said that you wanted to be baptized and you wanted to join the church as well that's right all right so upon your baptism today you too will be parts of our church body so i wanted to present them first because they're going to slip out get ready uh so that we won't call them back up after but uh, i wanted you to be praying for them today as we uh go through the waters of baptism with them all right so uh, let's just pray for them as we transition father thank you for these that have come this morning to be baptized now father as we talk to the congregation from the word of god is what does it mean when we talk about believers baptism Lord, let the Spirit of the Lord lead us and guide us. Perhaps there's others that have not come to that place but need to know what you have taught us so that we can be faithful to you, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. All right. You guys go ahead and I will cue you if you need to. Brad, your stuff. You guys, we're on this side over here. So you'll just go through that door and back into that little room back there. So if you, and no, not now. You just go sit in and, and then I'll cue you when you need to go. And ladies are on this side. Okay. You'll be on this side. Now, I'll, I'll tell you when. All right. All right, so if you've got your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to open to a familiar passage of Scripture. Probably most of you know it by heart, Matthew chapter 28. In Matthew chapter 28, in verses 18 through 20, the last few words that Jesus spoke to his disciples before he was ascended up into heaven were the, the, the very instructions as to where and why we as church uh, uh, of Jesus Christ should follow with believers' baptism. So if you would, if you found your place, let's stand together as we honor the reading of the word of the Lord. Matthew 28 and verses 18 through 20. Now, and Jesus came and he spake unto them, saying, now again, remember, these are the words that our Lord has spoken. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things that whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Father, thank you for baptism, and thank you for the instruction of Scripture. Thank you for the words of Jesus. Now bless our time, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We do have a special day celebrated to celebrate today about Believer's Baptism. I read a story about a young Baptist preacher fresh out of seminary. He was conducting his first baptismal service. You can imagine that he was just a little nervous, and in all of his nervousness, he got a few scriptures confused concerning baptism and the Lord's Supper. So... He, as he was baptizing his first candidate, he said, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then he lowered this believer into the water, and he added, And now drink all of it. <laughs> Erps. I won't do that to you today. I've done it a time or two, but I might just for the fun. All right? So, uh, baptism of the believer is, in Jesus Christ is baptism by immersion. It's one of the distinct ways that the Baptist church uh, baptizes people. While other churches may teach and practice baptism in many different ways and forms, and at times we, the Baptists, believe that the Scripture has taught us specifically how that we should practice baptism. All right, so while Baptists um, stand firmly on this issue, when many Christians do it other ways, we have to ask the question, why do we stand on what we stand on? Why is there such a specific way in which we believe about baptism? The simple answer is this. Because the New Testament teaches believers baptize baptism by immersion. The early church followed it in obedience to Christ's command. They practiced it right from the very beginning. We wish as Baptists to stand firmly on what the Scripture teaches. Before we witness a baptism, we will look at the Scripture clearly and see what it teaches about believer's baptism. And let me just again say that if you perhaps maybe if you've never followed in believer's baptism, let the Spirit of the Lord speak to you today. Let him remind you of what God has been saying and perhaps maybe even saying to your life about baptism and your need to step forward. The very first thing that we find is the authority behind believer's baptism. In Matthew chapter 28, we find, first of all, that the authority is based upon the fact that Jesus spoke these words. The authority of baptism comes none other than from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The command to baptize is associated with the authority given to Jesus by the Father. One of our Lord's last commands to his apostle was to be baptized, which we just read a moment ago. The record of the apostle's obedience to this command... Um, To make disciples, teach, and baptize them is found in the book of Acts. The word and commands of Jesus Christ alone was their authority, and it is ours still today. Over 2,000 years later, we still stand on what Jesus has spoken as to be truth. It is the ultimate authority. The point is that we do not receive authority from any human source to baptize. Not even the church has a authority to be able to tell us to do it differently. The church did not invent baptism. Our Lord instructed it. The church is the administrator of baptism, not the creator of baptism. In John chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. This includes the commandment to be baptized, given to uh, ministers uh, of the word and commanded to be baptized, which is directed to every born again believer. The command to a born again believer to be baptized is voluntary, but it is not optional. Now listen, no one can force you to do it, it's voluntary, you must come. Just like little Aubrey did, she come up there so uh, excitedly today. you know, it, it's voluntarily, but it's not an option. It is a command given by the Lord Jesus Christ for all of us to do. So the second thing that we must ask is, who should be baptized? Who is it among us that should be baptized? Here's one of the things that we find is all who hear the word and come to faith in Jesus Christ. If you have heard the word of the Lord and you have come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have been commanded to be baptized. Those who have come to trust Him alone as their Savior and Lord. Romans chapter 10, Paul wrote this in verses 8 and 9. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. On the day of Pentecost, Found in the book of Acts, the day that, that was is noted as the birth of the church in Acts chapter two verse 41. What did the church practice on that very first day after Peter had preached a powerful message and many people had been saved? The Bible tells us that, that Acts chapter two verse 41 says, "So then those who had received the word were baptized, and that day were added about three thousand souls. The order in preparation for baptism is first hearing the word of God, trusting in him and receiving Jesus Christ as Savior, and then to follow in believer's baptism. Each one of our candidates that are coming today have followed that procedure. They've heard the word of God. They've been drawn by the Holy Spirit of God to come to a place where they've walked an hour or they've met with somebody. They've talked about uh, their need for Jesus Christ and they have confessed their sins and they've received them into their heart. And then they stood before the church and said, we want you to know that we have received this salvation and we want to follow Jesus in believer's baptism they have followed the process in which the Word of God so clearly lays out for every one of us. And so therefore, the order of preparation for baptism is hearing the Word of God, trusting and receiving Christ, then baptism. This is the order that is repeated throughout the early church, throughout the book of Acts, throughout the Scripture. It is clear that Scripture, uh, that unless baptism is preceded by saving faith, it has no meaning at all. We'll talk about what that meaning is in just a few moments, but then there is the method of which we have for believers baptism not only who should be baptized but how should they be a believer be baptized since baptism is a, a clear symbol, it is vitally important that the method that is used is, is the clear symbol of what baptism stands for since the reality of the event pictured must agree with the symbol. There only seems to be one way in which the scripture describes baptism to take place. So what is the real event that is pictured by baptism? It is a believer's participation in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Listen to what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6 in verses 3 and 4. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death. Therefore, if you have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. Critical to our belief that immersion is the proper and only New Testament method of baptism, is some things that are that are cemented in Scripture. The meaning of the word. The English word baptized was not translated from the Greek New Testament, but it was translated from a Greek word. In other words, they brought the Greek word right into our English instead of using an English word to translate it. The word baptizo, which meant at the time of the New Testament, it was written... To dip, to immerse, to put, or to go underwater. So we see that the very word that they used at the very beginning says that there has to be an immersion, there has to be a dipping, there has to be a placing under. Just like Christ died and was buried, put under, and then rose again, baptism shows that wonderful illustration for us that we have died to ourselves and we have died in Him, but we are risen in newness of life. And therefore, because of that symbolism, there is only one way in which we can baptize. So the fourth thing is the symbolism of baptism. Again, Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 5. When a believer is baptized, the believer is buried in the water and then brought back up again as a picture of Christ's own death, burial, and resurrection. Which Romans 6, 3 through 5 makes clear. Listen again. Or... Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized in Christ have been baptized into his death? All right? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism unto death, so that Christ is raised from the dead through the glory of the Father so that we might walk in the newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. You see, the reality is, that we as Christians need to remember that we were once walking in our sin. We were doing it our way, we were going our way, and then the Spirit of God caused us to, to, to be drawn from our sin back to Him, and we came to a place where we had to come to that realization that we needed Him as the only hope for our salvation. And when we received Him as our salvation, the Bible says that we died in Him And as we died in him, we were buried. And as we were buried just like him, we are resurrected to a new life. So when we see that that testimony of water baptism today, it is a beautiful symbol, a beautiful illustration of what the Scripture teaches us. Believer's baptism is an outward symbol of an inward condition. It is a picture of what the Holy Spirit has done within and through the believer. He identifies with the believer in Jesus Christ with his death, burial, and resurrection. Baptism is like the wedding ring in which married people wear on their fingers, it symbolizes simply a transaction that has taken place. A wedding ring symbolizes that a marriage has taken place. Just as baptism symbolizes that salvation has taken place, wearing a wedding ring does not make you married. Any more than being baptized makes you saved. If a person, especially a woman, does not wear a wedding ring, you could almost always assume that person is not married. So it was in the New Testament times. If a person was not baptized, you could probably assume that he or she was not a believer. On this, we must be clear. Baptism is just a symbol of salvation. And only a symbol. But like a wedding ring, it is such an effective symbol that it should never be taken for granted. Baptism does not save us. It is an outward sign of what God has already done inwardly in our hearts. It is for us to show the world we are followers of our Savior. So the question that I want to leave us with this morning before we transition into that time of baptism is, why should A believer be baptized. Well, let me just remind you, Christ commanded it. In Matthew chapter 28, we read it. Obedience to Christ requires it. In John chapter 14, we're told that if you love me, keep my commandments. The scripture clearly states that the early church practiced it. We find that throughout the book of Acts. Water baptism. It's simply something that Christians are commanded to do in Scripture once they have trusted Christ as their Savior, to testify to the world around them that they are now identifying themselves with Jesus Christ. For those of you that need to go and get changed, now is your time for you to do that. So therefore, as as we are identifying with Christ, they are His and, and, and they are now become a part of His church. It clearly is obedience with being baptized if not why not why have you or why have you not followed in believers baptism today as we think about baptism we have to ask the question where are you where are you in this issue of baptism have you first been moved by the Spirit of God to hear and to receive the Word of God so that Jesus is your Savior Maybe you're here today visiting because you're here because of others that are being baptized, but yet you're here because you're not really sure um, just what all is taking place. Yes, ma'am. Oh, just put them right there. I'll take them to them. All right. All right. But maybe you're here today, and the Spirit of God has spoken to your heart, but yet you've never followed through with believer's baptism. I want to let you know that even though today uh, we are baptizing, this is not the only time that we will baptize. You know, the, the waters of baptism can be filled anytime anyone gets saved. You know, I'm so excited. I, I shared this a couple of weeks ago when we did another, uh, earlier baptism. I said, you know, I'm so glad that when we built this new church, we built a baptistry in here so that we don't have to wait until spring till the water outside warms up enough. I can turn it on in here and turn on a heater, and we can baptize all year long. You know what that says to us, church? Is said, we must go out and preach the gospel all year long because once they're saved, we can baptize them because we have the waters of baptism right behind us. So let us stand up today. Let us rejoice in the fact that Christ is still in the saving business. But let us stand up today and let us rejoice in that God has called you into sharing the gospel. Again, go back to Matthew chapter 28. He was telling his disciples, as you go out and proclaim the gospel as you go out and proclaim the gospel. When they receive, you bring them back so that we can baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and rejoice together in their newfound faith and walking with Christ. For those of us that have already been there, we rejoice together with them. So I, I do believe as we're getting ready, we have... Um, oh. We have a special song for you this morning while we're getting ready so that you don't have to just stand there and look at a, you know, a a screen or whatever. So um, David Higgins is going to come and sing one of my favorite songs, and I'll hopefully be able to hear it back there, David. All right. Testing,
1: testing. Testing. Hey, y'all, you know that old rugged cross, that cross is so precious. Just think for a moment. Just, Just take a moment and really think what that cross symbolizes. You know, when he was being beaten, guess what? That was me. That was you. He took our place there. And when he was on that cross, he was hanging on that cross for us. He had our sins upon him as he hung on that cross. So, you know, we all need to know when we're saying this, just think what the cross really means and what it (laughs) symbolizes. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. The amulet of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my poor friends at last i lay down i will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown on that old rugged cross so despised by the world has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it on dark Calvary. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross until my trophies at last are laid down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it. Someday for a crown (laughs) To the old rugged cross I'll forever be true His shame and reproach gladly bear Then He'll call me someday To my home where His glory forever I'll share. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my poor trophies at last I laid down. I will cling Cross and they change it changed someday for a crown. Amen. Because of the old rugged cross, we can come
0: here today. We can share in believers' baptism without the cross, there would be no redemption. Without the cross, we would not be able to say that we have a Savior to look back to, that He has come to redeem us from our sins
1: <laughs> today. As Jessica has come
0: forward to share with us that she has given her heart and her life to the Lord Jesus Christ, she has come today to receive believers' baptism. And Jessica, does the Lord live in your heart? Alright, are you willing to follow Him and serve Him the best of your abilities the rest of your days? Yes. Alright, and I uh, baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: And all God's love. day again, professing and claiming
0: that she loves the Lord Jesus. And and what a joy it's been getting to know this family uh, um, and uh, uh, spending time with them and talking with them. And, and, And when I went to their home, Elizabeth said to me that, you know, I love the Lord, I've served the Lord, but I've never been baptized. And what a joy it was to be able to share with her and talk to her about what it means to be baptized and the reasons why we need to. And today she comes with a smile on her face for those of you that can't see it. Uh, Ready to baptize Elizabeth. You love over Jesus. He lives in your heart. And you're going to live for Him, serve Him, and follow Him the best of your ability the rest of your life. And my sister, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Church, you can't begin to imagine the joy of me getting wet. I'm loving it. It is so cool. Uh, I mean, we have gone through the COVID dry up and I look out here and I see what God has done this year. And how he has brought new people and he's brought old people back. And he's brought you here today to celebrate in this. And we've done this three or four times this year already. And though the year is almost over, if God so uh, uh, chooses, we'll do this one more time before the year goes out. i would be more than willing to. Uh, but we want to continue. All right, Tony? You want to be like, Do you
1: to be, now? You to like, all right, you're last. <laughs>
0: My little brave girl has got no brave up here. Now, <laughs> yeah, you pray for me because <laughs> i <better> <laughs> right? I should have had you up here. <laughs> all right, so Tony Kelly has come today to profess his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And to say that he is following the Lord. Tony, is the Lord Jesus living in your heart? Yes. Is he uh, uh, your Savior, your Lord? Are you willing to follow him all the days of your life, the best of your abilities, and serve the Lord? Yes. Amen. Well, then, my brother, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. for a pastor, to be able to say that we're going to be able to watch her grow up and watch her grow in the Lord and see her follow Him in the years to come. And Aubrey, is Jesus living in your heart? Yes. Are you following Him as your Lord and Savior? Yes. All right. You're going to do the best you can to follow Him all the days of your life. And I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. that's all that I do, but I've got one more thing to do today, and I need to do it from here, because you don't want me dripping on the floor up there, all right? Uh, so today, one of our young men has grown up. He has started out as one of our kids, and uh, over the last few years has grown in be a young man. He has proven that by his service to our country, by joining up with the military and, and going forth to him serve in our country, but now he has told me that he wants to come and he wants to be a part of a membership of our church. Brune, if you'd come forward. you just come come and stand. Yep. Just look at them. I, I'd be out there with them. Dad, Mom, come on up here with them. Seems like Rune was just a you know one of them kids that uh, you know was playing on the sidelines, but now he is a fine young man, he is a follower of Christ, and he is showing that by the way that he's living out his life. So, church, Rune comes today. Rune, you want to be a part of our body and, and fellowship and be an active member of our church? Yes. Alright, upon that, and upon his confession of his faith in Christ. Church, what say you? All in favor of accepting him into our membership? Signify by saying amen. Any opposed? Right side. I thought sure his wasn't going to be a member. Now he can, tell, he can tell his dad what to do. sir, go to the back doors, open them up for me, and stand there let our folks greet you as a a member of our church, and uh, we are so glad that you are uh, the fine young man that God is making you into, and we look forward to you being a part of our body here at Midway. I want to say thank you for each and every one of you is coming today and being a part of this. If you're waiting for any of these folks, give them a few minutes to dry off and change and all of those things that they need to do, uh, and they will start appearing out of somewhere. Some crevice or something, they'll come. Tom, will you stand and close?